Welcome to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust, a podcast for digital transformation leaders where we discuss the latest cyber attack issues, enterprise security strategies, and current security events so that you can successfully accelerate network and security transformation. And now here's what's on our mind this week. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. This is going to be actually part two of a three-part series with our special guests here, managing partner Praveen Basan of Tata Consulting Services and Zscaler's own Sammy Ramachandran. Hey, welcome back to the show, both of you. Thank you so much for coming back. Thanks, Bon. Thank you for having us. In our part one, we actually talked about having you both back to talk about really focusing in on healthcare and life sciences, that those verticals relative to mergers, acquisitions, and divestitures. And with that, Praveen, you know, you mentioned previously how entire business ecosystems are changing due to data-driven disruption. So what is, what's explicitly happening in healthcare and life sciences that will separate the winners from the losers potentially in the coming years? Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, when we look at the life sciences sector perspective, it is still one of the strongest sector with, as far as the M&A deal volume is concerned, even in 2022 and the projections for 23 are, are similar trends. And But two or three key things that are going to ha- are happening in the life science sector are the focus on basically medtech devices and early on um, therapeutics and oncology type of medication that is there. So when you look on the medtech devices, it's a very heavily supply chain based uh, environment. So the ecosystems will start to play a role in there because there are headwinds related to med devices. And if you look at latest deal by Johnson and Johnson in that sector, or you look at Amgen acquiring another pharmaceutical companies, right? Or even the GSK doing the deals in that. So many of those deals are already in play as to how the market see these things progressing in that regard. And especially when you focus on the ecosystem side of these deals, two or three trends are going to emerge, right? How fast do you get control of the asset using your partnership ecosystem that exists in the market? And secondly, how do you basically protect yourself from the geographical disruptions that come, especially in the era of the supply chain, right? So that's why even if you look at not in life sciences, how Apple is pivoting to manufacturing or chip manufacturing is sort of changing from focus just in the certain countries in Asia Pacific to a broader Asia Pacific region, right? So similarly in medical devices will have large more impact ecosystem rather than uh, when you look at from the pharmaceutical perspective or early on product uh, research market development activity that are going on the life sciences point of view. Well, it's interesting. You know, you actually touched on a couple um, large um, mega multinational companies, right? Can you talk a little bit more about some of the notable transactions that you and your organizations actually supported um, recently within the healthcare and life science space in the last year or so? Yeah, we worked on a couple of these transactions that have been closed. We were part of Amgen. We are working with GSK, right? And there are many other large transactions that are in play. We are integral part of as to how these organizations are pivoting to restructure themselves also. So not only restructuring, but but, um, Praveen, do you actually... You know, because that's kind of with the PMO and so forth of an of an organization. Do you then? And I think we touched out on this last time. So you will also your teams will come in and assist not only with the PMO, the organization structure, what it look like tomorrow, but actually the implementing and operating of those two companies coming together. Is that fair to say with the integration? 
Yep, absolutely. And I think that's where I, we should draw a clear distinction here, right? We are not trying to be McKinsey's and Baines of the world. They do the strategy. They do. They work with the boards and all in terms of how the transactions needs to be structured. What we have to be equally aware of to be competitive and create a better value for our con- customers is to understand what those structures might look like, what would be the remedies they would have to present to FDA for approval, or what would be the other activities for regulator and pricing point they have to consider, because that feeds directly into how you need to design the next level of transaction activity and execute on those, right? And that's where we are very strong in that regard. So us being able to sort of proactively think through the same challenges which boards are thinking through and be able to capitalize on the contextual knowledge of the client and be able to expedite that, right? Rather than being told what to be done, we are proactively prepared to consider those scenarios from our point of view. That's so interesting to me because, you know, in my former role, I would be the one receiving the information saying, yes, we are integrating or no, we are not integrating, right? keep everything as two networks independent. And it's interesting. I always wondered, like, how were those decisions um, factored? How did they make those decisions? How How did they decide on that acquisition, what piece will be integrated or won't be integrated? Absolutely. And I think if you look at how the transaction world is going on, FDAs and FTCs and all various government agencies and even state agencies are taking a very strong interest in them. And they want to secure remedies in a new way, not the traditional way that you will promise me and things. They want proactive, actionable, and guaranteed remedy to be put in place, right? Because these organizations had some bad taste in past transactions. If you look at whether they happen, some in life sciences, some in retail, or some in uh, travel and hospitality sector, because it does impact the local economy in that regard, right? So we have to start thinking, yes, life sciences to a degree is immune for certain things, but the regulatory requirements of complying to the needs of it is very heavy also. So even if a remedy is selected, how are you going to comply in regulations? That becomes equally important. So we have to have a perspective to be able to create a better solution set and operating cost structure for these organizations. So interesting. So Sammy, can you talk a little bit about some of, you know, just kind of like what Praveen had just gone over. Can you talk about some of the MA successes that we've seen in the last year or so in this, in healthcare and in life science, that's really kind of notable to Zscaler? Yeah. Uh, I would uh, pivot to the life sciences sector, right, to start with. We saw about three very large wins for Zscaler. One of the three being an existing client. They use all of our flagship products and they decided to leverage Zscaler for their very large integration, about 10,000 plus users. The other two wins that we had were new logos that we turned around in a matter of about six months Uh, one being uh, a separation and the other being an integration. Now, the good part about all these success stories, I would say is, regardless of whether we are talking about an integration or a divestiture, the optionality that our platform provides, uh, the flagship products, uh, Zscaler Internet Access and Zscaler Private Access provide for these companies to manage integration, divestiture, or operate as is without combining these two entities, but still secure the, uh, their ecosystem, right? The optionality that our platform provides is the key, I would say a key theme all through these three wins. And I will add further to what Sammy just said, right, Pam? It's not only that solution set, 
all different technology vendors and players have to think about these solution set from a, a new perspective. And the new perspective being the era of large deals is sort of slowing down, right? Deals are becoming a billion, $2 billion, $3 billion. Many of them may be just paying on the early, what you call indicative or milestone-based acquisitions that they're doing for products and solutions that they're buying, right? So how do you integrate these things in a faster manner while creating autonomy for these organizations to still independently operate and be able to have that innovative culture that is required, right? So we have to start thinking, and these things have, have to happen in a fast scale. So not only Zscaler and other players in other functional areas have to start to innovate in that regard and see how we make things faster. So the traditional way of doing things will still be there for large deals, but those are going to be far and few in between now. One, that's a very interesting observation, right? One thing that I've been seeing in the last couple of months or maybe few weeks you know, there is a new trans transaction that's announced. It says a billion dollar, $2 billion, this company, this life, life sciences or healthcare company has bought this company. You would see the deal value being in billions and then you go a little deeper and actually the number of employees that they are acquiring is maybe a few hundreds, which points to the fact that they are actually acquiring probably the IP of the target company. In that situation, it's more of revenue synergy that they are looking forward to. Right. That's another key theme that comes into play when we talk about life sciences. So that's interesting to both of you. So what do you believe are some of the top guiding principles or pain points or struggles these organizations are going to encounter? Because to that point, you know, a couple billion dollars for a couple hundred people, to your point, it's all about the intellectual property. Right. So can you talk about those potential, you know, um, pain points or struggles they may have? So Pam, I will not answer in terms of pain point. I think the organizations have to start looking more future forward looking, right? How do they look at this problem differently? What are the guiding principles or key areas they need to look at what are important from transaction point of view, right? And what I mean by that is, how fast do you want to take operational control of the organization, right? How fast do you want to, or what is your projection from, as Sammy also said, from revenue and growth perspective, what that mixture looks like and what operating structure needs to be in place and how technology is going to enable that, right? If you're working in multi-market, the local and the, the state level regulations, the national regulations that start to come into play. And then not only also think about how it's going to attract the talent, right? Because in a small and nimble company, you attracted talent for innovation, flexibility. You become part of a larger organization that start to change a little bit. How we manage. So those are some of those principles that are there. And very shortly, we are publishing with one of our client an article on the same thing, right? How when you're setting up this new course and we're doing these acquisition, what are the key things you have to keep in mind? And I think this is some of the lessons learned we had from our transactions too. But Praveen, I think it's interesting, though. So, you know, you kind of touched on a point that there are still, though, some organizations that aren't looking to the cloud or a SaaS-based solution, security platform, that is going to be part of that go forward with those acquisitions, right, the integration and so forth. How do you kind of kind of deal with them with that legacy thinking, and, and I think um, <laughs> the good thing about uh, the COVID and uh, the market condition has forced leaders' hand to think through differently. Earlier, it was the impact 
of that was not that visible. Now, people having a more flexibility to want to do things differently, wanting to have, have a cost pressure associated, doing at a lower cost structure, those are automatically forcing organizations to start looking at alternate way of delivering. And cloud is an underlying basically foundation to do that and pivot to that regard, right? So that is going to become more and more prevalent. But there's another side of cloud I want to bring. I think in my mind and Praveen's mind, there is a stagnation that is happening in cloud and what cloud should be doing. It should be thought beyond infrastructure. It should be thought beyond applications. It should be the digitization, availability of information to the various partners in the ecosystem. That's where it has to start to pivot. And now how do you connect the disparate point? And I think that's where some of, the, some of your solutions play a very tactical and a very strategic role in there. Yeah, one thing that I would like to add is, you know, you're right, Pam, when you say the cloud adoption may be slower in this space compared to other sectors. But one thing that I'm noticing is when companies go through separation in the space, especially life sciences, they realize that to stand up all of their legacy tech stack is going to take much longer. So when they go through a separation, they use that opportunity to uh, go through their tech stack modernization, starting with cloud migration, which would require them to have their applications to be modernized. Most of the time, whenever they go through separation, cloud migration is top of the mind for them, which automatically plays into the larger ecosystem of, okay, now that I'm going into cloud, how can I leverage the overall cloud ecosystem for, let's say, security, for applications and identity, whatever that is. And so are you seeing, you know, I'm going to be a little selfish here. Are you saying that Zscaler is central to that transaction strategy that, that we are in the forefront of their thinking when they're thinking about doing these integrations now, doing it differently via, you know, a SaaS-based solution versus the traditional manner? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, when they are migrating to the cloud or if they are creating an ecosystem where cloud is the primary platform for hosting all their critical applications, it makes sense to consider a fully cloud-based solution like Zscaler. Now, another good part about our platform that I'm seeing is, you know, as these companies with their legacy tech stack, a complex web of, you know, IT assets, right? As they are coming together or separating, another good value proposition that we are able to drive is, regardless of their baseline tech stack situation, we are still able to deliver that value, you know, whether that separation, integration, within the timeline, within their budget, right? So regardless of what they are today, where they are today, we are still able to deliver that objective, right? That plays really well into the broader theme of what their C-suite might be expecting out of the transaction. Yeah, it's all about meeting the objectives, right? Not only from a from the C-suite, you know, thought process, but the synergy savings, right? The reduction of all the the costs where they can actually find that. Um, you know, when I think back and and how we would approach integrations um, prior to Zscaler and then after, it's really interesting. You know, I had someone push back on me the other day and say, "I just don't get how a how a cloud based security platform can help me integrate quicker." And I said, "When you think about it." With Zscaler's technology, you're connecting a user to an application 
on a disparate network without maybe ever connecting a network. And because of being able to do that and making a end user happy and being able just to connect to that which they want to connect to and are allowed to connect to, you start to ease the burden, the pressures on the technical teams. Because let's face it, the pressure on those technical teams is immense to try to hit the dates that, Sammy, you were kind of talking about, right? Here's the timeline. Can you make it? How many actual organizations don't actually make their timelines? Because once they acquire a company, the inheritance that you inherit is immense, right? With the tech debt, potentially, the non-standard environments, all of those sorts of things. And I think that's where I've seen Zscaler really help in taking some of the pressure off with allowing the users to connect to things without having to to go ahead and integrate networks and go through all of that heavy lifting until it's ready or or, or it's time, right? And they can do that seamlessly. The cloud, the organizations which are getting carved out for a billion dollar annual revenue or a billion and a half or two billion, right? Coming from a, let's say 30, 40 billion dollars, the monolithic structure that existed or the ecosystem that existed is not sustainable. And doing multiple shifts left and right to take the current one and then transform and having multiple disruption points to your organization and community is another imp- uh, very big impeding factor these organizations decide. So early on, having a right operating model, which includes right set of cloud strategy, is very critical. And most of the organization has started to do that. And the, on the flip side, the lesson learned for the big corporations is that they are starting to use this as a foundation to sort of transform their tech debt that exists, right? So they may have bought, let's say, one-fifth the size of the organization, which is much more modern and all. Investment into that, ability to take the uh, benefit of one-time write-off of a transaction and create a right foundation and then slowly and slowly move to it because it's not easy for an organization which is $60, $70 billion annual revenue to do a wholesale shift in that regard, right? So these trends are happening more and more nowadays. So I think going forward, today's cloud, tomorrow will be something else. But the whole having a mindset of when to pivot to a new framework of doing things, when and how much touch points and transformation that needs to happen is becoming very critical because that feeds right into the revenue synergies also, right? How do you do? I'll give you a simple example of one of the life sciences companies working. They're getting carved out of multi-billion. Now, their shipment methodology was it has to be in one day. But when they looked at the carved out entity, two to four day delivery was perfectly acceptable to a customer. So the cost point of this and now how to work with your vendors and ecosystem and which new players to come in and how to integrate into your organization is a critical factor. So so cloud is not only about technology, it's about the operating model enablement in the same regard also, because which has a direct impact to your operating cost structure. To your point, it's so much more than technology. It is so much more. And I think that's why cloud has to be thought about in in a like a puzzle puzzle blocks. What mm-hmm. capability, which puzzle block needs to solve, right? Where mm-hmm. do I need to have an IP? Where do I need to have ability to sort of create new growth opportunities for my employees, right? It's balance of that also has to be struck into it. Mm-hmm. It's multidimensional. Sorry, Sammy, yeah. please. Yeah, one thing uh, I'm just thinking, right, as Pravin is talking about uh, operating model and puzzle block, one thing that I've noticed is, obviously we talk a lot about uh, Zscaler private access and internet access. As these companies are getting carved out or they migrate into cloud, 
most of the time it's multi-cloud environment, right? So we are seeing a lot of broader Zscaler platform play, right? Now it goes beyond just user accessing uh, an application. Now it's workload to workload communication, right? That's where the larger platform comes into play. How can you leverage our cloud connector? How can you leverage our branch connector? So uh, some of the deals that uh, I touched upon uh, earlier, while we were going through the platform for MA or divestiture, these clients would immediately jump out and say, that's interesting. Can I know more about Cloud Connector, right? Or maybe can I know more about Branch Connector? Or even the CNAP solution that we have, right? Now that, okay, the Kavco is going fully into Cloud, they need to track the misconfigurations or entitlements. So how can they do that? Uh, there are competing products out there, but they don't get this end-to-end spectrum of products that can tackle user to application, cloud posture management, or you know workload to workload management, right? It really plays well into the broader platform story. And I think it's key. You, you said it. It's the broader platform story. It's not about a best of breed solutions any longer. The world has changed. We're looking for those best of breed platforms that can, in fact, offer up various solutions within a platform, but again, that you can potentially tactically um, deploy based on what a business needs are, right? That's right, yeah. I wanna thank you both so much. This was another great conversation. Um, Next time, Praveen, it'll be our three of three for our series. And if you're up for it, we're gonna touch on retail and manufacturing. Look forward to it. So with that, thank you both. And thank you for everyone for listening and stay tuned to another episode in the future. Take care. Thanks for listening to Cloudy with a Chance of Trust. Check back with your podcast provider regularly for more episodes. You can find Lisa Lorenzen and Pam Kubiatowski on the CXO Revolutionaries website at revolutionaries.zscaler.com or on LinkedIn. Statements by Zscaler podcasters and guests are informational only and should never be construed as legal advice. You should consult with your legal advisor on matters related to you or your business. Zscaler makes no warranties, express, implied, or statutory as to the content of this podcast, and it is provided as is. Content on this podcast may contain forward-looking statements that are current as of the date of recording and subject to change. These statements are subject to the safe harbor provisions created by the Private Securities Litigation Reform Act of 1995. Full legal disclaimers are available at revolutionaries.zscaler.com. Copyright 2022.